0: Welcome in to another edition of the World's Football Index Scouting Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Tom, this episode, we're venturing into a territory that we haven't been yet on these podcasts. We're going to talk a little goalkeeper, uh, maybe a position that sometimes gets overlooked, especially for players coming out of South America. Uh, but I think you and I are both in agreement that there's a lot of very talented goalkeepers in South America. Uh, and the one we'll be breaking down today, the Venezuelan Wilker Fadinhas, is, is Certainly among those.
1: Yeah, I think he's been one of the guys we've been most looking forward to doing for for a while now. Obviously, goalkeepers a position where traditionally you kind of get your break a bit later in life, and you know you, you have a, a longer career. So there's not quite the the rush to get a, a young. Especially in this case, teenager in between the the posts. So yeah, it's it's always a bit of um, a bit of a strange one when you do come up against you know a, a wonder kid goalkeeper because they're, they're quite a rare breed anywhere in the in in the world. And yeah, as, as you mentioned, for some reason South American goalkeepers don't get maybe the credit that sometimes that they, they deserve. So yeah, Fornier's came to everyone's attention after the Under-20 World Cup, and he'll be someone who in the in the next years is, is, is going to become a potentially a really big star in, in world football.
0: Fadinha started every match between the six for Venezuela at that Under-20 World Cup in 2017. He's also been capped for the full Venezuelan national team, started their last two World Cup qualifiers uh, against Chile and Peru in March. Uh, this is a Venezuelan national team under Rafael Dudamel that Is full eyes towards 2022. They've already been eliminated from Russia 2018. So Dudamel has been giving chances to young players, but I think Fadiñez is a goalkeeper that he's been impressed with and has really slotted straight into the squad. And it's probably fair to say that for the foreseeable future, Fadiñez is going to be the number one for the full Venezuelan national team.
1: I mean, Dudamel himself was a was a goal-scoring goalkeeper. So there's there's I think there's a lot of love between between the two of them. Obviously, Fadiñez, I think he was the first ever goalkeeper to score an under-20 World Cup when he put a penalty past Vanuatu. There, there's some similarities between the man in charge and and this young hopeful in, in goal, he's the youngest keeper to keep a clean sheet for, for Venezuela, and he's the youngest ever goalkeeper to appear at a World Cup qualifier for, for Venezuela as well. He's he's actually been around the national team since the 2015 Copa America, where he was, the, he was the youngest player there, but he didn't actually get a cap. And and as you said, he's he's made four four appearances for the national team, and and Dudamel is uh, you know he's been on record saying that this guy is a a keeper for the next 20 years so he's he's part of this amazingly exciting generation where they shot to everyone's attention, losing in the final to England um, of the Under-20 World Cup with Yanghel Herrera, a guy who we've uh, previously profiled on the pod, Penuranda, another another exciting player, Jefferson Sordello, Ronald Hernandez, um, Williams Velasquez. You know, there's absolutely a team full of really impressive players who are going to form that spine of the, uh, of the future national team. And as you said, you know, 2022 should be a realistic aim of making a first World Cup and and i think if they don't make that then by 2026 then for me they're like a shoe in already to get to that tournament i know that's a it's a long way off now as as we've seen with previous strong under 20 generations from chile and and argentina they they make up the the spine of their current national team so it's a really exciting time for venezuelan football and to have a young goalkeeper who's already making a claim for the for the number one jersey for the national team is is absolutely huge because as we've said already he's got a lot of experience he's played about seventy times for Caracas in the last three years he's been a first teamer since he was seventeen best Venezuelan goalkeeper in in their division last year and you know it, he's he's breaking records left right and center. Another thing that's really interesting about him is he was he was actually a forward until he was about 14 years old. So to consider that, he, that he's managed all this in about four or five years, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. And you can see why everyone's getting so excited about him.
0: With eyes towards 2026, Venezuela will certainly benefit from the expanded World Cup as well. I agree with you that if not 2022, they should be a shoe in for that World Cup with this generation for Fadinez. As we've said, he's 19, currently playing for Caracas in Venezuela. Uh, It's his third year as a starter there at just 19. To have gotten that job at 17 is incredibly impressive. Made appearances for the national team. Where he actually caught my eye was long before the under-20 World Cup. It was actually in the 2016 Libertadores. Caracas were in the knockout round before the group stages uh, against Huragan. And Fariñas started both matches for Caracas at that point as a 17-year-old. Made a penalty save in one of those matches. Made a lot of great saves to keep them in the tie. Caracas lost the first leg 1-0 and then won that second leg 2-1 but went out on away goals. But he was a player that impressed me from that point. And so since then, you know, been following his progress through the national team, it's been great to see him be so successful. What stood out to me, Tom, in watching him play is he's incredibly athletic. He's good with his feet. You mentioned he scored a goal in the Under-20 World Cup. It was a penalty against Vanuatu. I didn't think it was terribly greatly taken. It was a 7-0 win, but hey, he scored a goal. That's great. Good for him. Uh, But he is good with his feet, very athletic, does very well getting post-to-post. And maybe the most impressive thing for me is he's a phenomenal penalty stopper. Uh, He stopped Alexis Sanchez of Chile in a World Cup qualifier. He's made a number of big penalty saves for both Caracas and the Venezuelan national team, especially the under-20s. And I think that might be the most impressive aspect of his game from what I've seen so far.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you you mentioned, the the Uragan penalty save and the one against Alexis, I think, are just prime examples of of why he's good he's, he's got these incredibly strong legs that give him this extra spring um which makes him so good in penalty shootouts um he also i think he saved twice against uruguay in the semifinals of that under 20 so he's, he's already gaining quite a um reputation for being a penalty saving hero for venezuela he's got good as well as physical attributes um he, he seems to read the game really well you know his position is often very good he seems to have a, a strong character and he's very sort of grounded and and breeds a calmness through the defense if you hear other players of that under 20 team speak about him you know they they all seem to gain massive confidence from having him behind them and as we said good experience for for a keeper of his age so he's got all the um the attributes i think the one glaring area of his um of his skill set that seems to be the thing that everyone points to is is his height, really. You know, he's I think he's about one meter seventy five. You know, which is definitely on the lower end of um of, of goalkeepers, and I think that's the one big question mark people have have raised about him. I mean, he makes up for it with that extra spring in his legs. Do you think that's something that that will hold him back?
0: I think it's something that clubs will need to be aware of in looking at him. It's also, for me, it's hard to penalize a goalkeeper for that because it's not something that's in his control. And as you said, I think he does a pretty good job of making up for it with his sheer athleticism. He might lose an aerial battle now and then. To be honest, we've not really seen him in that position because at, at just 19, he's not really played outside of South America other than that World Cup, and that was against players you know his own age. So it's something that I think is a is something to be wary of. I think it's it's a potential red flag, but I don't think it's necessarily something that needs to be, you know, held against him at least at this point because everything else, and I think we're both in agreement here, everything else looks so so good for him as a goalkeeping prospect.
1: Yeah, this is definitely just a very minor blot on his copybook. There've been successful shorter keepers out there, you know, Guillermo Ochoa, the Mexican, he's pretty short and he still forged a good career for himself. Kalon Navas is, you know, not the tallest. I think he's, I think he's taller than Varinas. but again, he's he's done very well for Real Madrid. And you know, looking further back to the, you know, the likes of bartes and stuff have, have had successful. Career, so I don't think it's something that will hold him back. I wonder in the modern game whether it will dissuade a big club from taking a, a taking a punt on him right now. I think he might have to, um, if he does, make a, a European move or a move some somewhere. I think something we'll come on to talk about is just where his future lies. But I think if he does end up in Europe, he might be one of these keepers, that are sort of in a top flight but at a lower club where he's called into action a lot, and you know that makes up for maybe his lack of domination of uh aerial battles but yeah no he's good I think one other thing that um I'm not sure if it's really a, a weakness or a, it might might be a strength actually is sometimes on on free kicks he he seems to like leave a lot of space at his near post like he he comes quite away off his line and he's kind of got the footwork and the speed to get back across and I, I don't know it's almost like he's tempting the free kick takers to to shoot from from crossing positions in a few people try and beat him and he always managed to scamp across and, and get back I, th- I think that that might come back back to haunt him in the future if he tries it too often but that, that's one other interesting quirk about him that i've noticed but yeah apart from that he's he's, he's really really like something to behold really I, th- I thought he was the best goalkeeper at the end of the world cup i know that i think the english keeper woodman might have got the golden glove and uh, the Uruguayan keeper Mele also was was uh, widely heralded as as one of the better keepers, but for me, Farinho was, was probably the best keeper on show. And maybe maybe the fact that he doesn't have quite as much competition for the, at national team level will, will get him that kind of break a bit earlier than you know maybe young keepers from Brazil or Argentina. But you know, I, I think he's. Um, He's massively exciting, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing where where he goes next. Because Venezuela, no offense to the national league, I think he's already almost becoming you know a, a big fish in a small pond. I where where do you think he'll he'll move to next, Austin?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting because, as I said earlier, he is in his third year now with. Caracas played a touch in the Copa Libertadores when they failed to qualify for the group stage. Uh, they made the Sudamericana this year, uh, but are already out of that competition. And as you rightfully said, you know Venezuela among the lower tier leagues in South America. He's getting regular game time, but it certainly feels like he could be playing at a higher level. I don't know that Europe would be the right move for him right now, uh, because as you and I were talking pre-pod, it would probably end up with him playing in a B side somewhere, playing against, against younger players. And I think he's a player that's ready to play at the full level and is ready to handle all that comes with that. He's doing that now for club and he's doing that now for country. And I don't think there would be any reason for him to make a move where he couldn't keep doing that. I think I would not be surprised to see a club from South America take the plunge and and go in. Uh, Mexico as well could be an opportunity. It is an interesting position goalkeeper because obviously you can only play one. And in South America, I think, especially in Brazil, clubs really don't rotate their goalkeepers at all if any. So if you're not the number one guy, you're not getting matches bar an injury. So I think he needs to be careful with that move. And maybe that is why he stayed at Calacas for as long as he has, is he hasn't had that opportunity to make a move where he feels like he's going to go somewhere and he's going to be trusted to be the, the starter every single match. So when he does make the move, I think that will be incredibly important for him. But I think he's a player who could play with any South American side, you know, whether that be a mid-table Brazilian side, whether that be a higher-up side in Chile or Colombia. I think at this point, the entire continent is open to him, and I would not be surprised to see a high-up, you know, maybe an old guard team in one of the mid-tier South American countries go in for him, maybe a, a Paraguayan side or, or an Uruguayan side or or maybe even one of the big Chilean sides, because I think you and I both agree he's he's ready for that at this point. You know that's the next step for him, and I don't think there should be any reason that a club should be hesitating on him.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's it's going to be interesting. I, like as you were talking, it just popped into my head that yeah, Colombia might be a really good move for him. You know, it's just across across the border and there's some big clubs there the, the the league's going from strength to strength and there's a number of clubs I think he could you could go into and get regular continental football with Brazil obviously a huge number of big clubs there and and you know as his compatriot Soteldo's done he's, he's gone off to Chile so I think that's a league that would have the requisite strength and visibility to, to be a good stepping stone I'd like to see him in the Argentinian League uh, there, there does seem to be a, a shift towards trusting some some young goalkeepers, both both River and Boca this season. I've had you know guys who are, I think uh, Rossi is tw- twenty one for Boca and Bataja is a similar age. So you know I think there is a there's a, there's a lot of good goalkeepers in all these these leagues. I think a lot of people in Europe maybe don't appreciate that there are a lot of good homegrown goalkeepers who you know for the South American levels are, are very impressive and. Obviously, because it's a position where, as you said, there's basically one guy for the role. You don't see many of them going abroad and a lot of them do stay in and have very long and successful careers. So the opportunities aren't quite there. And But I think, you know, definitely um, a big club in South America should be maybe his next target. He could go there for five, six years and then he's still going to be mid-20s. And, and then we'll be in a better position to see whether he's ready for, for a move to Europe. So. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting one. I'm looking forward
0: to seeing where it goes. I think the most interesting thing about it for me is there really hasn't even been any rumors of a transfer for Fadinez. You and I were looking pre-pod and a couple rumblings here and there about big European squads, but he hasn't really been linked anywhere. And for a player of this caliber who has shown already at these levels how good he is, I found that to be very surprising. Now, I don't know... If that could be, you know, a product of he's just very comfortable where he's at. And if that's the case, more power to him. But with a player of this talent at this age, you would think that you would at least see South American clubs interested in in making offers and, and showing their interest at this point.
1: Yeah, it might even be a case that from that good showing, he's almost priced himself out of a move to us at like a South American club but th- that under 20 World Cup performance really put Venezuela on the map I mean as, as much as bringing a good generation through I think one of the biggest things about it is it's really kind of made people around the world sit up and take notice so the, the fact that there isn't as you said any kind of yeah even even fans being like oh yeah we should sign this guy you know it's a bit odd because uh, you know a number of his teammates um, have, have moved on after the tournament and and um, after the Sudamericano and and you kind of think well anyone who's watched those games as as you and I have done can't help notice that he's one of the best players in that team and he's already a senior international so there's probably some stuff going on behind the scenes that we're we're not aware of but I I think it's it is rather odd I mean part of the great thing of of, of doing these pods over the summer is most of these players are getting linked to left right and center and and this is probably the first one we've done where there is like a Suspicious lack of uh, lack of transfer activity being being linked to him. So yeah, it's um, at the moment. I think both of us can h- hold our hands up and, and say we, we don't really know where he's going to go. We can we can offer our best guesses as, as where we're gonna where we're gonna see him next. But the the only sort of firm conclusions we can draw is is on the national team level where he's he's being lined up as the long term number one. He's at the moment there doesn't seem to be a great deal of competition. Uh, Jose Contreras is another young keeper who's before Farinas came along looked like he might be the the number one for the national team Um, he's put in some good performances in the Libertadores over the past few years and he's got about five caps to his name but other than that you've got Barroja who's 27 14 caps Danny Hernandez 31 caps and you know maybe even Rafael Romo who I thought was going to be a big player for the Venezuela team but he's he's 27 now and he's only got eight caps so you know Farinas even though I think we'd expect him to be number one, after the current current World Cup cycle. Um, he may even find himself in a position where he's already vying for that for that number one spot at the age of 19. So yeah, that, that's the only firm conclusion we can draw. I could see a long and uh, hopefully trophy-laden career ahead, ahead for this young man.
0: I think this is certainly a podcast that uh, we'll be digging up six months from now, maybe a year from now, when he does finally make that move to say, look, we have a podcast already on him. It's there. We just didn't know where he was going yet. On a personal level, Palmatus are a team that are starting a 39-year-old goalkeeper with a 35-year-old backup right now. So uh, if they were to sign Farinez, I would certainly not complain. I think he'd, he'd fit in well at that area. But that'll do it for this week's show on Wilker Farinez. Uh, just a reminder to follow World Football Index on Twitter for all of the latest, as well as subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to keep you up to date uh, with everything that we are putting out.